0: This episode of Planet Noun is not meant to diagnose any gynecological or other medical condition. My sister and I are not doctors. We're discussing our personal journeys. If you think you may have uterine fibroids or any other GYN condition, please, please, please see your doctor.
1: Oops, Mommy, (laughs) I apologize now because I'll be cursing sometimes. Well, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Meet my
0: sister Leah. She tried to keep her mouth clean. She's a hoot and a half and my guest for this episode of Planet Noun, where it's all about people, places, things, and ideas. So this time, it's a thing. Well, depending on how bad you've got it, it's a whole bunch of things. It's also about a place that all people encounter during life's dawning days, the human uterus. So it's the last day of Uterine Fibroid Awareness Month, and Leah and I know about these benign tumors very well. They've been our fairly constant companion for some years now. We want to be free of the monsters. That's what she calls hers. But we've learned to live with them, mostly in the shadows, mostly quiet about them. But we're tired. Uh, let me speak for myself. I'm tired, woe out, and I want freedom from this secret. Hello there. My name's Liz the host of Planet Noun, and I have uterine fibroids that beat me up on occasion. According to a National Institutes of Health fact sheet on uterine fibroids, most American women will get them sometime during life. They say one study showed by age 50, 70% of white women and 80% of African American women were graced with these bastards. Well, the fact sheet didn't call them bastards. That was all me. I saw one site that upped it to 90% for African American women, Either way, my sister and I are not 50, and we have them, so we're part of that number. And the fact sheet continues, quote, In many cases, fibroids are believed not to cause symptoms, and in such cases, women may be unaware they have them. Honey, that shoal ain't us. We're all symptomatic up in this joint, but we're not alone in wanting freedom from these things. We start our conversation with our discovery that folks were actually talking about them. I didn't even know that July was fibroid awareness month. I had no idea. And I, um, I
1: found out a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, the girl with the white dress project. That's when I found out. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I started following her on Instagram, but that's when I found out. But it's just interesting that even though I knew I still outside of her, I didn't see a lot of activity in terms of people recognizing Fibroid Awareness Month. People know automatically October is cancer awareness. And, you know, you have Women's Month in March and, you know, all these other things that people just know about. And here we have something that affects a ton
0: of people.
1: And it's not just and Black women. I mean, it's
0: a large no. larger percentage of Black women, but percentage, not just Black women. Yeah.
1: Of us. Yeah. But not just us. Right. That is correct. But it amazes me that there isn't a lot. said, And I I guess I kind of get it because, you know, it can be kind of personal and the things that come along with having fibroids. Mm hmm people don't necessarily want to talk about girl it can be nasty it can be disgusting but it's real and that's the thing okay so it can be nasty
0: and it can be disgusting but girl this is one of the things that is making me want to talk about this i'm so sick of being in the damn shadows with this cuss word I might oh, have to no. edit that out. I am tired edit of being yourself. in the shadows with this foolishness. That's the edit in case I decide I don't want to cuss because I don't want no. my mom to be embarrassed. Do it.
1: Do a third take. Don't <laughs> say foolishness. <laughs> take three. Take three. I'm so tired of being in the shadows with this frock knock. No. <laughs> okay. Frack back a bull. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, that. <laughs> oh my God! Like and that. it's
0: like there's certain people that I share with, and I remember mm-hmm. one of the the hospital stays. You know, a bunch of folks from church. This was in uh when I was still in California. A bunch of folks mm-hmm. from church came. I'm not sure who knew mm-hmm. why I was in the hospital.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I think I told them I had surgery, but I don't know if I told them exactly why? what the case or you was.
1: Because I used to be nebulous. Abdominal surgery.
0: <laughs> right, you could have so had nebulous. your appendix out. Right. <laughs> and anybody got to know what else is it? What what else is in your abdomen? There's a stuff. There's a bunch exactly. of stuff that goes on in the abdomen. A
1: whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> okay.
0: So, I think I just mentioned, like, sir, this is before the days of Facebook. Yeah, I think I might have just sent a text or something like that. I don't remember what I told them, and I, some people did know, and some people knew because they had the same the same issue so you know we will share about the same issue because you know they they knew what I was talking about they know about the pain they know about the bleeding and all this other stuff but let's before we get all into that because what you were talking about I definitely would definitely want to address that especially the whole thing about people being in the shadows and just not wanting to talk about and we can talk about our journeys in particular but what I remember my first introduction to fibroids was through you all i remember is that being in college and you started talking about oh my goodness my periods are real bad and this and that and the Mm -hmm. other and i just and they just real long and i just remember hearing an uptick in period complaints because don't nobody like a period Mm -hmm. straight up ain't nobody to begin
1: to begin with okay i don't know one woman (laughs) who loves her period (laughs) <laughs> and then so so
0: talk about like when you started realizing, you know what, something ain't right here.
1: It was like you said they were they weren't necessarily longer in days, but they were definitely heavier. You could set a clock to me. Set a clock to my ass, I'm telling you. But the heaviness the number of supplies, the supplies that I was going through. So I went from, I can't remember what the numbers were back then, but I remember being able to like a pack, let's say a pack of pads would last me like three months, you know? And so then it slowly became like two months and then like one month, you know? And it's like a pack of what, 24, uh, 36, something like thought, that. Yeah, like a tw- Yeah, 24 to 36 count so i was going through i was going through more sanitary supplies and the very beginning the the changes that i noticed were i saw a direct correlation with that and the fact that i was taking birth control pills okay so gosh i can't remember exactly how long it took for me to, like, put it together. But it was almost immediate. I wasn't taking birth control pills before, and it was fine. But now I'm taking birth control pills, and that's when the horror began.
0: Was it pain or just mainly you're just running through supplies? I was running through
1: supplies. I did have pain. I have a high tolerance for pain, so I don't want to not think about the pain, but I have to recognize, I have to remember that there was pain. But the fact that I have a high tolerance for pain, you know, when I talk about it with people, you know, pain is not the first thing that comes up. You know, my whole thing was (laughs) the gushing, the supplies, you know, and just the, when it got to a point where it was like affecting my life, I'm like, okay, I... Can't go to school today because, you know, that was never a thing. Or I can't go to work today because <laughs> what is that? Like mm-hmm. you go to work, you want to check, you go to work, you know, <laughs> and nothing really stops you. You, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like the flu, like the only thing that would take me down was the flu, <laughs> you know, <laughs> flu. And that's been that was like mainly out of courtesy. So I don't get everybody else sick. But... Right. You just be a nice Right, I'm just being nice. If I couldn't spread this to y'all, my tail would be at work. I'd be at work, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So when it started affecting like life plans, that's when you know I'm really like, okay, this is a problem. And of course, things come along when when it starts affecting life. You have people, (laughs) and I remember specifically and this is where you start deciding who you do tell and who you do not tell Mm -hmm. because everybody just did not get it oh i can't go to blah blah blah. i'm not feeling well oh what's wrong you know oh my period is here like oh girl don't let that thing stop you just pop a pill they're speaking from their perspective you and your little two-day period you can't sit here and preach about mine i'm in pain okay with your Um, one little cramp (laughs) You'll cramp, right. your cramp right. and bleed for two even, days. Like, and it's probably like don't a even trickle. Have a cramp. They don't even have a cramp. You know, there is no cramp. No one cramp. They have nothing. Telling me to pop a Advil or whatever. Like, I'm going to pop something. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't
0: going to be no Advil. You, you don't shut up.
1: <laughs> Stop telling me what I'm going through. But, yeah, when it started affecting life and then also affecting I don't want to say, well, I guess it did kind of affect friendships because, you know, when friends invite you places and then it's so many times, I mean, you say no, every time you say no, I guess people begin to take it personally. But it's like, don't take it personally. In my head, I'm thinking, stop planning things when I have my period <laughs> Okay. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Oh my god! You the problem here? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's what. Back to your question. When I I noticed, like after I started taking birth control pills, and the main signs were like the the number of days were pretty much the same as I said before, but the the flow began to be very heavy. And then the pain, it began to increase. And also before, like, I was never one to, even though I would have cramps, I would never take like any medication because I would be like, oh, okay, first couple of hours, I'll just have cramps and then I'll be fine. But then that started to be so not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like pain medication was mandatory. And at what point did you decide, okay, I need to
0: talk to my doctor about this? Because... Whatever this is, this is not normal, but it seems like it's becoming my normal. You know what? (laughs) People appear
1: in your life for reasons unbeknownst to you. And I had a friend who kind of put the bug in my ear When I would, you know, be complaining like, oh, I just don't feel well today. Oh, what's wrong? And, you know, that would kind of start the conversation. She was like, oh, maybe you should get yourself checked for fibroids because, you know, a lot of black women. Because I had never heard of fibroids. Mm -hmm. I had not heard of them, So she was telling me all the symptoms, and apparently she knew like a gaggle of women who had the problem. So she was kind of telling me what the symptoms were. She was like, yeah, I, th- I really think that you should specifically ask your doctor. Don't just say, oh, I'm having cramps or whatever. Specifically ask your doctor if you could be checked out for fibroids because that's what it sounds like. She is the reason why I specifically asked the doctor because, you know, of course, <laughs> of course, you know, you go in you start talking about your problems or whatever. And, you know, sometimes they try to make things seem like, oh, that's just ordinary, uh, mm-hmm. a normal disorder. <laughs> it's a dis in the order. There's no ordinary. order. I'm like, what <laughs> fool, uh-uh, I need another doctor cause you, mm-mm, I'm firing you right now. You fi- you're fired. So my friend prompted me to be a little bit proactive about my possible condition. I know ha- I had a condition. So, you know, went to the doctor and of course this is all after I've been on the birth control pill. So now, (laughs) now we're in this hormonal war, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. oh, we'll just change your prescription. So we changed my prescription in hopes to make things better. Mm hmm. Nah, fool. Mm -mm. (laughs) What? What happened? What had happened was
0: (laughs) what happened after that. After they changed, so take they took you from a higher dose to
1: a lower dose, or what? Or or a different a different brand? Just a different brand, if I recall. That resulted in, like I said before, you can set a clock to my ass. That resulted in just everything just being super duper all over the place. So, Hmm. instead of the regularity of every 28 days, you know, (laughs) now... I'm like 25 days or then I'm bleeding for 25 days. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. craziness. It just put my body out of whack, whatever. I can't remember what those hormones were. And of course, when that happened, then the next step is that, well, let's try something else. So Mm. they put me on the Depo-Provera, which was the injection um, that you get. And I believe that's the injection that you got one every was it once a month or was it once every, every three, three months? months?
0: Yeah, I can't. What was the difference like that? between that? Gotta I remember at one research. point you were on LuPron or something.
1: Well, see, LuPron is not birth control. That's a whole different Depo, Depo Provera. Was the actual birth control shot. And however often you were supposed to take it, I think I did it twice because that mug had me. I was on a just a perpetual cycle, like a perpetual ministry. It was horrible. I was wow. like, okay, this is for the birds. And it's not like it was just spotting or I'm, um, you know, like, no, full blown war in my pants. Like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. this is too much. This is way too much. And then, of course, with that comes the inevitable anemia. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, because I'm bleeding so much and I'm bleeding so heavily, I'm anemic. And how old were you when, when all of this started happening? When it started that? happening? Mm-hmm. I was 19, 20? Mm-hmm. About 19 or 20, because I started taking birth control pills in 19. And I remember when I was at
0: college, that's when I remember you were, because I don't remember you really, really complaining. Because I think when you were 19, you were back at home. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't remember any complaints, really. I remember yeah, things really that ramped was the up beginning. when yeah, yeah. I was away. And right. that's when you started telling me about these things. And then you started telling me, hey, I think this is something that you need to be on the lookout
1: for. Hereditary, because yeah, I had been
0: doing my
1: research mm-hmm. at that point because of T you know she's the one who planted the seed like look i know a lot of people who have these same symptoms and it turned out that they have fibroids and a lot of them are in the same family i believe it's hereditary or whatever since so she was telling me this i started doing research on my own and of course when i went to the doctor even though i was so underwhelmed by the doctor i still asked the questions because i'm like okay you did go to medical school so i guess you do know something um <laughs> and asking about i know i'm sorry no offense to no disrespect there but some of your people some of your tribe members child <laughs> <laughs> you try to take them back to school but even though the some of the physicians frustrated me i still would ask, i still continue to ask my questions
0: so no matter what still question question i guess because you never know yeah. what they're what the
1: answers are going to be or it might spark something in them to do their own research because it's like, okay, you're in this specialty for a reason. I mean, I don't know if you're rotating through it or this is your passion or I don't know what the deal is. But, you know, some people, even if they don't know the answer to a question, some people will go to the ends of the earth to find answers to find solutions so you just never know if you're dealing with that type of person so that's why I continued to even though I was frustrated at times I still continued to ask my questions or or look unless they pissed me off like that one doctor did and I had to (laughs) oh which one when you were at the ER I think you were with me yes oh yeah she was she was condescending yeah so I had to check her
0: (laughs) until you started talking to her like look I know what I'm talking about
1: I dare say I know more.
0: <laughs> that was a an interesting experience. Yeah, I'm like, why it is just, she talking it was to actually like actually disheartening.
1: This. It was disheartening. But, you know, I wasn't going to walk away and let it be said that this woman spoke any kind of way because she thought that she knew all the answers when clearly she did not.
0: And that's another thing, advocating for yourself, yes. knowing what yes. you're talking about and advocating yes. for yourself. Because,
1: absolutely, uh, you know, that
0: we're not, you know, sitting here pissing on on the medical field because no, shoot. No, not, at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all, because not at all. we need you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, like you said before, some some folks just they need a, a course in bedside manner. They need to revisit right.
1: that again. Or it's just not their passion, like they're just passing through. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a passerby, you, you're you not going to know what you should know about this specialty. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's fine. I mean, you're doing what you have to do to get through your program or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I am need you to look, I need you to pass me on by. Pass me by. Okay. <laughs> pass
0: me by. Yeah. <laughs> I want somebody else to hear my humble cry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be, mm-mm. I don't want to be with you.
0: So even though we're not doctors, here's one thing we've learned. It's empowering to learn as much as you can about your condition. Go in there knowing knowing about your condition. Just, just don't right. rely on them to give you every single right. answer. Do as much legwork as you can because you might roll in there and say, look, this is what I know. I know all of this. Here mm-hmm. is a different starting point instead mm-hmm. of starting from the right. point that I've had, you know, doctors tell me, well, this is your uterus. And right. these are the fibroids. They,
1: like, they draw me a uterus. I don't need you to draw me a uterus. How do I don't need that. Let's <laughs> but, start but, with... You know, At the same time, I appreciate that because, but, but here, let me tell you, like you said, let me let you know what my starting point is. So we don't have to go, you know, we don't need the caricatures, the uterine caricatures. No, we don't need that. You know, yeah. yeah, you are right because they
0: don't know what your starting point is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then if and they don't it. do they things like do that.
1: that, right, right. They have to do that. So I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I don't want to waste any time. Look, I don't want to waste my 30 minute visit. <laughs> okay. Would you draw on a picture? Sometimes. We or, already know this. 15 minute <laughs> visit. Right. And your drawing skills are lacking. No, stop. <laughs> mm, that horrible uterus. Okay. Like <laughs> <my water.
0: laughs> stick figure uterus. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Oh my God. Mm-mm. Oh man, but that ER visit. I learned from you the importance of of knowing what you're talking about. So our discussion turned to bias. What role has bias played in our medical treatment? Real talk. I've had some pretty solid experiences, and the one Leah mentioned earlier, I have not had that experience, that experience of having a doctor speak to me in a condescending manner. But there was a University of Virginia study a couple of years ago that linked differences in pain management between racial groups to bias. You'll find that link at planetnow.com. But when I need to seek medical treatment, especially in an emergency situation, you know, I don't go around looking for evidence of bias, but hey, you know, denying it exists, I think that would be naive. That possibility does rest in the back of my mind, though. You have no Mm -hmm. idea how bias plays a a role into into treatment and how seriously they take you or, you know, because you said you I remember you said you had a high tolerance for pain. I don't necessarily tell people that I got a high tolerance for pain because I know that. Maybe some people might automatically think for some strange reason that because I look the way I look, I might automatically have a high tolerance for pain. Sometimes I wonder if I convey that when I tell them,
1: well, no, pain is not my problem, but the bleeding is. Exactly. And things will always change. Like I could always rely on the blood work. Whenever the blood work results came back, then I had like a bunch of people scurrying around me. See, here's the thing. I would come into the ER and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm talking to everybody. Hey, how you doing or whatever. And I learned very quickly not to do that and to turn on the dramatic sometimes. But most of the time, you know, I'm walking in and I'm telling them, oh, you know, I'm letting them know what's going on or whatever. And I guess for the simple fact that I walked in and I'm talking to everybody, asking people how they're doing and I'm being polite or whatever, that People are thinking, oh, she's not that I'm well, but she's not as bad as they think, as she thinks or as she's saying or whatever. But every time that lab work would come back, that lab work would come back with my, um, and I always get these numbers mixed up, my hematocrit or hemoglobin. I can't remember which one, but anyway, it would be at like uh, five and below, you know, then I get the scurry. Like, oh my goodness, she needs to sit down. Get her to the back, get her a gurney. Uh, no, no. You know, then there's one transfusion. Uh, we may need to transfuse you. We need to transfuse you. Uh, you know, just all this. And I'm like, I told y'all that <laughs> I'm having shortness of breath. Like, I told you this. The fact that I walked in, I guess that for them maybe negated what I was saying because I was able to. I probably had no business walking in, but. I walked into the ER or whatever. But after getting, after they would see the lab results, then it'd be a total change in attitude, you know. Then there's the whole, are you dizzy? You feel faint? Like, no, because I would never feel dizzy. Never feel faint. Never fainted. Never some of the things that happen to some women, you know, when they say they become severely anemic, you know, I've heard uh, women say, yeah, I was on an airplane and I fainted. None of that has ever happened to me. Never felt, I don't want to say, so it's never been like a dizziness where it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to fall. But weakness, I was definitely weak. But still, I would push, you know, push through. I'm like, I got to go to this ER, so I got to walk up in here and, you know, check in and fill out this form. (laughs) I've been here a million times, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why am I filling out? But, um. After the results will come back for the blood work, totally different
0: attitude. (laughs) So even if folks don't listen to you in the beginning, the science will
1: speak. Yeah. One time, oh my gosh. Okay. So one time I went, I was just in the emergency room, in the emergency room. I think I was there for like five, six hours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I said, I can go home and go to sleep and come back because this is crazy. I can't, I'm not comfortable here. I had already had my blood work taken, but they hadn't had, you know, the results hadn't come back. So I was like, I'm going home. Bye. So went home. Mm -hmm. My results were so bad. They sent the sheriffs out. Oh, they sent the sheriffs out and they were like, the hospital is saying that, you know, we can't force you to come with us. But the hospital is like imploring you to come back like immediately. So did
0: you get in the back of a cop car or did you have somebody take
1: you? No, I had somebody take me.
0: Okay. (laughs) That story Uh, sounds vaguely familiar, but I'd forgotten about that, that they sent the cops out to you to tell you.
1: And then those fools asked me, they were like, why did you leave? I was like, because you got me sitting in these hard chairs and I'm tired. It's the middle of the night. I should be sleeping. I'm tired. I'm already tired. Like if I would have full eight hours of sleep, I would have been tired because my blood count was so low. But I'm tired because it's nighttime. This is the time that I normally sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sitting up here looking at y'all in this in this emergency room. <laughs> wow. In this room of emergency. Hmm. And they were and not treating your I case like it like, like, right. was emergent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: So I remember another thing I remember you Talking to me about when you were telling me that I should keep an eye out on it, you were saying that it's hereditary, and mm-hmm. that I think I can't remember if you had talked to Mommy or that you were going to talk to Mommy, but you found out that that Mommy had fibroids
1: she had them in their generation they don't talk much, and I wish that weren't the case and then come to find out in talking with one of our aunties she had them mhm-. And so it was just all around for us on both Mm -hmm. sides. And the stuff that we
0: heard our parents talk about, sickle cell traits, Mm -hmm. we knew about not eating a whole lot of salt because Mm -hmm. of the risk of high blood pressure and strokes Mm -hmm. and heart attacks. We knew about not having too much sugar because of diabetes but mainly those other two, I remember mommy specifically saying, yeah, we're not going to put a whole lot of salt on our food or yeah, we're going to use this type of seasoning. I don't know if we had a conversation about why we don't have salt on the table. I think that came up sometime during our childhood. And I do remember mm-hmm. mommy explaining, you know, one of the reasons we don't keep salt on the table. She will cook with it, but we're yeah. not adding to it. After it's cooked, you ain't adding no salt to your food.
1: Yeah, there were never salt shakers on the table. That's stuff that we knew,
0: but we didn't know about fibroids. You didn't know. I didn't know until you told
1: me. Which goes back to what I said earlier. There's Women's Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. There's all these different, and I'm not taking away from any of those causes because we should be aware. Mm-hmm. But it just disheartens me that there is not a lot of awareness placed on this condition because it's serious and it affects a lot of women. There was a study done and I wish I can't even give like a correct citation, but there was a study done and what the study was trying to figure out, like how many hours of sick time or whatever from work were due to I don't know if it was specifically from fibroids or just women's conditions and it was a lot it was crazy because when you factor in like <laughs> fibroids endometriosis and mm-hmm. uh, you
0: know adenomyosis things like that right probably exactly. adds up to a lot and I know when I, girl, when I was a teacher and I had bomb sick days I had beautiful sick days <laughs> girl I would take I call the eve's day off I'm taking each day off every, I use my sick days every damn school year because I had to yeah. take at least one day off just so I can sit home and bleed because it would right. not have been fair to my children to go to school right. and have and to, to go to the in bathroom. And, right. I'm like, I'm going to be sitting on the, on the chair or sitting on the toilet and I'm going to be sitting on mm-hmm. the toilet once an hour so I can change so I don't bleed in front of my kids and scar them for life.
1: Right. <laughs> so, right. We we'll calling the ambulance right. for you.
0: <laughs> I'm like, my children, my like children, teacher. some of them have, you know. but it's like, these are, these are babies. I'm not trying to contribute to the the fact that they saw their teacher right. bleeding in the
1: classroom, right? You know, exactly.
0: You know, I took your advice. I went and got checked out, and my doctor told me I think I was still seeing a pediatrician at that time because I think I was barely 18. <laughs> so my my pediatrician treat my old teen ass <laughs> was like, well. I'm not going to diagnose you with fibroids, but there could be something here. And since you're not displaying any symptoms, basically, she uh-huh. was saying it's something that you can keep an eye out on. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I appreciated that because, you know, she mm-hmm. was up front with me. You know, at this point, mm-hmm. it's not anything to worry about. But, right. you know,
1: because you're not showing any symptoms. Yeah. Right.
0: But girl, going back to those sick days, one day a month, Eve's day off. I called it Eve's Day Off still call it Eve's <laughs> Day Off <laughs> I believe in Eve's Day Off when it's necessary yes um, God hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah yes girl yes <laughs> When my sister first started battling her monsters, her uterine fibroids, it seemed like this condition didn't get much discussion time in the public square. Thankfully, that's been changing a lot. But for us, talking about it has been difficult because there's an element of shame about this women's issue. Now it seems more folks are talking about it, but girl, we need to talk about it with the next generation. We don't have kids, Mm -hmm. but we have nieces. And one reason why I'm frustrated because more people don't know about this or maybe I frustrate myself because I don't necessarily want to talk about it because there's some sort of shame that's associated with periods and bleeding a woman's problem yes and it's like you know what this don't make no damn sense it don't make no sense this is why it don't make no sense every damn person on this damn earth and every damn country and every damn place has an interaction with a uterus in order to get here every person everybody interacts with the uterus I don't exactly. care if they put. I don't care if they put the egg and the sperm together and then implant it. You you need to be right. implanted into a uterus. You,
1: you slid through. You grew from.
0: You were gestated in. <laughs> okay, unless there's some science I don't know about and they can grow you in a greenhouse somewhere. But right. right. <laughs> but everyone has an interaction with a uterus in order to be here. Get
1: here, yeah.
0: So, menstruation is part of that process. That mm-hmm. makes it possible for everyone to have that interaction with the uterus in order to be here. So why, why aren't we more open about this? Folks are mm-hmm. suffering. If you're walking around bleeding for two months, and I had this happen recently. Mm-hmm. That's why I ended up in the ER that affects you. If you can't yeah, go places yes. and have fun with your yes. friends and turn stuff down because you're tired all the time or you don't want, same reason I would take Eve's day off every mm-hmm. month. I didn't and want not to... only
1: being tired, sometimes there's a level of anxiety mm-hmm. depending on the activity because you're like, okay, well, I don't want to run too much because, you know, I might shake something up or when you have dealt with it for or on this level, because everybody, everybody experiences differently. Some, you know, people say, oh, I have fibroids, but they've never really had like major issues. And big up to them. I'm like, oh, you are blessed, honey. Don't it's take just, that for just, granted. They just, right, they just, right. They just sitting in there, but they're not really acting up. Oh, count it all joy. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but when, you know, it affects, like you said, it affects your daily life. Then there's a level of anxiety that can a company not only having to take these physical days or turn down social engagements because of it, it's just you're anxious. And at some point, because sometimes, and I'm not blaming others because it's all in people's experience, but you know, sometimes when you have people who make it about themselves, like you. I couldn't show up to your whatever, whatever. And they make it about themselves, Mm -hmm. like, she didn't even come to mind. I'm sorry. I was busy dying. (laughs) What did you say? I was busy dying. (laughs) Yeah. I I was close to death. I'm sorry. But but that's a part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a part of it socially when you encounter those types of things, because then now you have another battle. It's like dang, now you get invited to something else. And it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you almost don't even want to say because it does sound like a a crock of bull, Mm -hmm. you know, you almost don't even want to say so you kind of, not that you lose the friend, but you may find yourself distancing yourself because it's like you have too many damn events, and I just no, and you always have them on my period. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe y'all should hang her out, hang out a little bit more, so your periods can be synced. You know how they say women more. are around, so that way they can get synced to
1: you. But they might be one of them people. It don't matter, you know. <laughs> you Remember? know what? Yeah, For some people don't, and I used to always like yeah, three, the three all, day like, bleeders. Wow.
0: You're so lucky.
1: You're the luckiest gal alive.
0: So after a while, after the both of us dealing with this issue for well over a decade, good God, well over a decade, Lord, after dealing with the anxiety and risk of shame if our secret seeps into public view, you know, we're pretty much done. No more silence. We're talking, honey. And there's plenty of company now I'm at the point where I'm tired of being silent about it I'm tired of keeping it to myself I'm realizing with like the white dress project and you know other yeah. folks out there there's like a hashtag yeah. on Instagram talking about five doors yeah. yeah. there's a
1: whole bunch of women it's like, out there yeah. uh huh
0: uh-huh. you know and so I'm just and I'm tired of missing out on life because of these things I mean I had a surgery some years ago and mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but it knocked my cycle off a little bit. Girl, I I didn't bleed for like a while and I didn't miss it. I knew it wasn't normal, but I didn't give a damn. I loved it. (laughs) But now things are back to, well, things are back to normal, whatever my normal is, because it wasn't normal before the surgery, you know? Right, right. But, um... And so I remember um, I had another interview with someone, and they were talking about an event they were going to have the next week. And I was like, "Oh yeah," because it was a karaoke event. So I'm like, "I haven't done karaoke okay. in a long time. Yeah, I'm right, going to go." Right, right. And in the middle, and while I was telling her, "Something yes. told me, something told me, ooh, you better be careful because something might happen, and you might not right. be able to go because of your period, girl." But I said, "I'm not going to tell. I, I'm not going to tell this lady that
1: because right. number one, I want to go. I just want to go." I know. I know. I stay picking up my phone, like when people are talking. I'm like, oh, let me see, because I pull up the app. <laughs> Is that gonna be a good day? <laughs> Gosh. it's so annoying. I
0: have other plans. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I can't make that. I have other plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're gonna need, be bleeding.
1: I don't even have other plans. That's not a good day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take that lesson to from ask you. Me why? <laughs> I dare you. woo
0: child. And so, um, girl, and like the, the, a week later, was it a week or two? Anyway, when the event came up, girl, guess what?
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: had a visitor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, you know what? I said I was going to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have the time. I can go. I'm just not going to sit home. So, you know, mm-hmm. I packed Got up my things. stuff. I had my little pad oh. bag, you know. Oh. Girl, we want to talk about that. Girl, let's talk. <laughs> let's after the girl. Let's take a let's take a hot second to talk about the pad bag. Girl, I have a pad bag. And I went and, you know, it was heavy. But I said, you know what? I don't care because everybody in here, they, they, girl, they were babies in the room. I'm like, all these people in here, especially these young babies and the little babies and the children. <laughs> right. They all they they had, had interaction with the uterus.
1: A recent one. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, like you little baby just last week. <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, you know, I'm, I'm tired of missing, tired of missing out because mm-hmm. of these things. And I understand sometimes I probably will have to, but I'm
1: tired of being controlled by them. Yeah. Well, what do you think about additional surgeries? Because I've had one, two, three. I've had a handful of surgeries. I've had so many surgeries. I feel like it's so many. Maybe I'm sure there's somebody out there who's had more than me. But I've had two abdominal surgeries. It's been, girl, it's so, ugh.
0: Girl, you're so I many. You're two. losing count.
1: I'm serious because it's been. I think two abdominal. But then I've also had two myomectomies that were done, like, hysteroscopically. So, and they use the resectoscope. And then I had, like, little procedures in between, like, you know, some doctors like, oh, we could do a DNC to stop the bleeding. Fool, I got monsters in me, like they going to see, they going to laugh. Trust me, they're going to laugh. <laughs> they're going to laugh because they disrespectful. Girl, they going <laughs> to laugh and bleed. Be like, ha, 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 blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Exactly, because they some disrespectful mugs. Girl, yes. <laughs> girl, so, the disrespect, yeah. girl, that's another conversation too. Woo. Yes, the monsters and their disrespect. So would you consider another surgery at this point? When I
0: went to the doctor after this recent ER visit, I went back to the mm-hmm. hospital that treated me. No one's going to tell me anything I want to hear. So I just have to figure out what I'm going right. to do. And that, that's essentially what the doctor said. She said, well, yeah. I yeah. wish I had earth shattering news for you. Yeah. And she was all dynamic and, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> very expressive. But I just don't. And I said, you know, yeah. I figured you wouldn't, but I had to come yeah. here just to, you know, just yeah. Just for the follow up and I'm doing my yeah. due diligence. And the options are like and another surgery, like you yeah. like you were saying. She was wondering if there's any activity that these things are stopping me from doing. And mm-hmm. I thought about it and I said, "Well, I forgot that and I forgot until I got back home. I was like, "Well, I should have told her that, you know. There's certain things I would like to do. Like I would like to at least, you know, do a trial skate with like a roller
1: derby team that I covered for work one time. I think that would be fun. Right. Well, I was going to say even work wise, it mm-hmm. could, it could possibly affect you work wise because you have to, I'm sure you don't know what type of stories you're going to be doing in five days. No, nope, Right. Sure so don't. you need stamina. You need strength <laughs> to be able to carry out your job. I carry a pad bag when I'm out and about
0: and I don't know. I just hope for the best. Okay, so this pad bag, what's in it? I'm sure women the world over have myriad versions, but here's how we do it. A good, robust pad
1: bag consists of... First of all, a cute bag. Yeah, yes, girl, something in leopard. Oh, where is mine? Mine has, uh, what is it? Is it leopard?
0: No, it's not leopard. It's tiger. Tiger print.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a animal print brag or you know, if you, pastels are your thing. It could be, you know, like a pink or a mint green or a light blue. Something just beautiful. Something that makes your heart sing.
0: Because <laughs> you need stuff to make make your heart sing. Your heart
1: sing, indeed, indeed. <laughs> I would always have like the uh, like a full pack of. I call them the purple pads, because I don't know the name, but they're the biggest ones ever made. <laughs> <laughs> they go from front, they go to the window, to the, the wall. wall. <laughs> <laughs> the longest
0: pads in the world.
1: And they're purple, always purple. <laughs> okay, the always purple pads. <laughs> yes, some long mugs. Not them thin ones, the biggest ones ever made. Those. I guess I should count so it all joy because I don't use the purple ones. I don't use the window to the walls. Girl, and, and that's just me being super duper. Con- How, although I have filled those joints up, Ooh. which is just, yeah, that's horrible. Just to th- even think about. So that a pack of those and a pack of the ultra tampons.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you say pack, like how many?
1: This is your like, go okay. your go bag, so, your go pad bag.
0: Cause you need a separate go okay, bag so. for other things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's right. So 24 <laughs> to 36, like it's, it's a serious pack, a pack off the shelf in the store. Mm-hmm. Like and those usually are 24 to 36. And so then the tampons, it would be the ultra tampons, purple. Also, I guess purple is the ultra color, the mm-hmm. largest in whatever and everything. That count would be, I believe the tampons are like 36 count. So I'm always always double up. What else? A change of clothes. About three pair of panties. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I am not going to get caught slipping. So three pair of panties. Oh. Okay, so back in the day. See, now... They have better inventions, if you will. But back in the day, it was very necessary to have a Depends <laughs> as backup. Yes. To the backup. Yes. It's, cra- it's crazy.
0: So let's talk about Depends after we talk about...
1: Girl, there's so many... So many layers. So many layers to this. So, yeah, the Depends. That came about during the heaviest time. And I think you and I... In a brainstorm or whatever, it's like where I think it may have started out as a joke, Mm -hmm. but then it was like, wait a minute, hold up, (laughs) hold (laughs) up. That just might work. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. I mean, your padonka don't look a little bit more, you know, ample. You know, I didn't need none of that in my life.
0: already ample but girl but it it, that changed the way because they were
1: there they were
0: bulky i found myself i think some friends from work wanted to Uh hang out i can't remember where we were but we were in some you know some hip place and i'm thinking oh Uh god they want to hang out and i'm on my period (laughs) but i want to hang out I don't, right. I just, mm, just want to hang right. out. So I put on some jeans, right. and I think this—I don't even know if this was stylish. But I said you know what? I'm gonna make it stylish. If I walk with confidence, then it's stylish. It's so I stylish, had on some jeans, right? a dress that had like it was lacy with the layer underneath. I think it was a blue oh, dress, yeah, 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 and some uh-huh. jeans. Some shoes that match the dress. Uh-huh. And girl, I had my depends on underneath. I said, I got to wear this dress <laughs> so no one can tell. I can't wear just the jeans by themselves right. with a little crop that top.
1: Because, and... Right. No, Mm-mm. there's none of that. You have to wear a duster or mm-hmm. something to conceal. Yeah. Yeah. Girl. So, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. And I don't think I, I don't think I bled anywhere. Look, not with all that backup.
0: And it's that like just the stories of, just the stories of like, leakage and everything it's like i couldn't go anywhere you know i went i remember going to a park i think there was shakespeare in the park one time i went with a friend and i think Mm -hmm. they want i think she wanted to hang out afterwards and i couldn't because i girl i had a blanket around me and i Mm -hmm. i didn't feel comfortable telling her i just i bled through all my clothes i need to go home so Mm -hmm. you know that was one instance where i just and then it was it was, I was hanging out with her friend. So I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. no, I'm just going to go home. Right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> it was a mess. And then that's one way they're disrespectful. Uh-huh. And then another way they're disrespectful. Girl, I think you probably remember this. I was packing to go to Chicago and my fibroids decided they didn't want me to go.
1: <laughs> wow. Girl. They really and are I'm, brats. Girl, and I went to, I went to the
0: ER, and I'm thinking, okay, y'all, y'all mofos need to hurry up because I got a flight to catch at whatever right. o'clock.
1: <laughs>
0: right. And uh. the dude told me, All I remember, right. he, he was cute, too. He told me, he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you have a prolapse fibroid. You're going to need surgery. And I said, oh, oh, so that means I can't make my flight? Uh, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: the thing about us, we sit up in an ER, talking about so (laughs) I can't go out the country? Is that what you're telling me? Like, girl, you need a transfusion. (laughs) Like, after the transfusion, you good as new. Like You know, know, that's how you feel. Not good as new, but, you know, that's how you feel. And it's like, uh, the doctors are looking like, sit yourself down. Just go on and be sick. I'm like, but I can't. I cannot. Okay, I can I can no longer can be sick. <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
0: I was mad though, cause I, I wanted know. to go, and five right. girls
1: were like, "Ha ha 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 ha!
0: You can't do it." <laughs>
1: right. I had one that was disrespectful. It was so disrespectful. It was a another ER visit mm-hmm. that it was. I guess it was taunting the doctor, and that doctor was not having it. It was a. uh pedunculated one. And so those are the ones that are on the stalk. And those can be tricky because sometimes the stalk can twist and that can cause like severe pain or whatever. But this one was just dangling, honey. And then. You're dangling, the baby. Like, Go ahead, baby. Go ahead, You're dangling, baby. baby. <laughs> There's a song it for everything. Everything. And so the doctor, when he was doing his exam, he asked me if I could feel it there. I said, no, I can't. He was like, it's so crazy because it's right here. It's on a stalk. It's hanging from a stalk. I was like, oh. He said the stalk is small. He told me that the stalk was small or whatever. Anyway, long story short, he twisted that mug and it came right on out. Oh, okay. Crazy. Yes. And I was like, and I noticed after he did that, I was like, oh, I mean, I still had a million more. But pain in that area was different it really was bothering me but yeah that mug was disrespectful and he had to go Go, okay (laughs) the doctor wasn't having it he was like oh no i'm gonna get that mug yeah
0: and then oh girl okay another instance of being disrespectful look girl these things are so trifling they are trifling they're trifling they're like the most trifling human being that's not even human
1: yeah little
0: bastards and girl and this one uh, so I have my this is from the The one dangling out my cervix, so so it continued to dangle out my cervix for a couple months, and I think on the last day of the dangling, you know, went got the pre-op, donated blood to myself, and you know had them stick right, exactly, stuck them damn straws in my arm so I can give blood to myself. Girl, I'm like, to yourself, right? (laughs) This is this is not a needle. You can put this in my shake at the cheesecake factory and suck. It's a straw.
1: Donated blood to me. Yeah. Yes, donated blood to myself several times.
0: Yeah. And so girl, I did all that prep work <laughs> and everything and um I took my time off from work. Either I arranged for time off or I was going to be off anyway. I can't remember what the deal was. I think I had to take okay. time off. But anyway. Girl, and you know, girl, the day before I was gonna take off for, for the surgery. The day before I, the schedule the surgery was scheduled, my room partner was about to go to lunch and mm. I felt something odd. I'm like, oh, no, that feels like my period is trying to come back. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she was packing up her bags cause, so she can go to lunch because we had a uh, half-day kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And then I felt it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that, this doesn't feel like the, the normal. Okay, so I right. said, well, That's before you difference. go to lunch, can I run to the restroom right quick? Girl, ran around the corner to the restroom and found myself not This was like a waterfall. And I was like, yeah, I don't think she's going to go to lunch right now. (laughs) And I don't think I'm going to complete this day at work. (laughs) And so I went and I told her, you know, I think I need to go to the hospital. And girl, she was fantastic about the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. I ended up going to, I had, I think the vice principal drove me to the hospital. I probably should have taken an ambulance, but I didn't want to, I was cheap and I don't want to have to pay for the ambulance.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) But I probably should have taken it. You probably heard me Because, <laughs> right? you know, I had a couple, several ambulance bills. I'm like, what is this? What is this foolishness? Girl. And it's like the it hospital, it wasn't that far five away. Five minutes away, right? Right. It, it, yeah.
0: It's like the day before the scheduled surgery, scheduled, I had the child. doctor. I had the procedure. Everything was all laid. Everything was planned. And then right. I started disrespectful. bleeding. Disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I ended up in the hospital and it was only an overnight stay. And okay. I think the, thankfully, you know, and sometimes things work out as they're supposed to, I guess. The doctor that was on call was a doctor that I had interacted oh, with before in the before, practice. Okay. Okay, cool. And so he walked in. He was all, he's always happy and, you know, jovial. Hey there like, hi doctor. I'm not gonna. Leave, I'm not gonna say his name. Right. Hi doctor. Blah blah blah. And you know he did my surgery. And um, I mm-hmm. think I ended up seeing him and the other doctor who was supposed to perform the surgery in the beginning. So, I mean, I was just happy that the person who operated on me had familiarity with me yeah. and my case.
1: Yeah. yeah, this wasn't a stranger. Yeah.
0: You know, in the midst of that disrespect from right. the fibroids.
1: Well as crazy as it seems now I realize back then I didn't realize that other women were going through things like this but I joined a, a group on Facebook uh, I think a couple of groups and sometimes I just read through the stories parallel mm-hmm. tons of stories that are parallel and these aren't just women that are in the U.S. these are this is like a uh, people from women from all over the world hmm. you know different nationalities so it's it's just Every one of them probably at some point felt the same way, like, Ugh, this is just happening to me. You feel like it's only happening to you because it's not spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no platform, uh, no huge platform or whatever for it. But if only I knew long time ago, like, you are not alone. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. I
0: am here with you, you. though you're far far away,
1: I'm here to stay. (laughs) Because
0: it just, it feels like that when you are that person who is in that restroom and everything is a mess and you're trying to make sure that mess does not does not become manifest to everyone yes
1: right and it's like Like it seriously looks like a crime scene. it's like a crime scene in my pants my mm -hmm. underpants this is crazy and
0: that's like you don't want everybody to know that the crime scene exists because you know because of the protection the crime scene can stay you know we can cordon off the crime scene but girl right like that anxiety that you were talking about it's anxiety because Mm -hmm. you just we all we know is normal everyone knows it's normal women have periods they have tampon commercials on tv we saw the women twirling in the ob commercial when we were younger you know ob (laughs) that's the way it should be keep it simple and set yourself free from the extras that you really don't need just try ob and you'll see don't ask me why i remember that Oh, lying
1: asses.
0: I don't think they were talking about women with fibroids. I think right. they were talking—they were I catering never, to normal women. I never jumped
1: for joy. <laughs> right. I never jumped for joy or twirled.
0: <laughs> Girl, I twirled
1: over and hopped in the bed.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Ooh. I did a horizontal twirl. Okay. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> the bed.
0: So, freedom. I mean, it's like, when, once you have something like fibroids, to me, it seems like, it feels like a life sentence. Everyone deals with something. Every yeah. single person and deals some with something. And some
1: people even deal with theirs differently because some people are just cut and dry. Like, I have them. I don't want them. I'm getting a hysterectomy. You know, however, that's not what I ever wanted to, I never wanted to do that. Mm-hmm just for a couple of reasons. I never wanted my options to be gone. Number one, my childbearing options. I never wanted those to go away. And number two, I just felt like, and I mean, some, I'm sure somebody out there will disagree. Um, I just felt like even though it was a problem, that bag is still there for a reason in terms of uh, hormones and the balance or whatever. I'm not a doctor, so I can't speak to things outside of gestating a baby the other jobs that the uterus has but i just felt like you know okay there's other things that this uh bag is here for not just for holding on the babies
0: well ours are there for holding on the bastards and we're, when monsters. when we say holding
1: on the bastards we're we talk hold about a little little monster.
0: monsters <laughs> i call my bastards my bastard baby bag <laughs> Cause it's like no 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 child that is born upon this
1: earth is a bastard. I don't <laughs>
0: care. I don't give a damn what no one says. No that's baby true. is
1: a yeah, bastard. Cause you that's just yeah you can't be. <laughs>
0: it's impossible.
1: No, whether or not your daddy is in your your father's in your life or not, that's a whole other story.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm like I but am taking you me. have
1: look. You have a father.
0: No one is a bastard. <laughs> but fibroids, where they come from? Where yeah. they come from? them okay i will not say i will not say it out them mofos ain't got no daddies ain't got (laughs) married one daddy that's a bastard anxiety wanting to stave off the potential shame that can come from bleeding fibroids stories of disrespectful fibroid tumors and the fact that they can be monsters and are most certainly bastards Many thanks for listening to this episode of Planet Now, People, Places, Things, and Ideas. Please pass this episode along to anyone you know, especially those dealing with uterine fibroids or other GYN conditions. For more Planet Now, follow on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, at Planet now, and you can read more at planetnow.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Planet Now on Apple Podcasts and follow on SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening, and we'll have another episode in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care.